What's up, guys? Welcome back to Press Y, episode 30. This is the big 30 for us here at Press Y. My name is Kelton Burns. And my name is Cameron Donahoe. So, guys, I wanted to start this episode off with an apology. I, so I, every week, you know, I come through the gaming news for you guys. I look, I look at what you know what the, the gaming industry is talking about, what the news are, and I, every week, scroll past so many headlines to do with Genshin Impact, and I have never brought that stuff to the table here because I just don't feel like it's that important but I, I bet there's someone out there who would have appreciated more Genshin Impact news and I just wanted to apologize that someone is me I would appreciate more Genshin Impact news so it's I incredible man apology. every day every almost every day there's at least three articles published about Genshin Impact it's a very interesting game man I'm shocked that we don't exclusively cover Genshin Impact <laughs> Yeah, like we, there's enough Genshin Impact content out there that we could run just a Genshin Impact podcast, and I'm sure that there are probably multiple Genshin Impact podcasts out there. But so you know, that's a good point actually. If you want to Genshin Impact news, go listen to a Genshin Impact podcast. This is Press Y, guys. Let's get into it. The Sony official <laughs> Genshin Impact podcast. Press the, Y. The Sony State of Play happened this week. Uh, it happened uh, on on Wednesday. Uh, and there was a lot of announcements that came out of that thing and a surprise little game drop. So I am excited yeah. to talk about this stuff with Cameron. A lot so of fun stuff to cover today. Dave the Diver is coming to PS5. We love Dave on the podcast here. Um, and he's bringing Godzilla, though, in this version of the game. Yes, So please. there will be an official collaboration with Godzilla in the Dave the Diver coming to PS5 this May. So I love do. to see it. I do love how a lot of like really successful indie games are just collaborating amongst themselves a lot, like Dead Cells and Shovel Knight, uh, Hollow Knight's done a lot of collaborations and whatnot. Um, so I, I like to see this amount of uh, this this weird kind of support for uh, different indie titles and like uh, like uh, Dread Dredge Dredge and Dave the Diver have like collaborated and stuff. So I think it's really fucking fun and this is super dope. So more Dave. More fun for me. More smiles on my face. Unrelated to the Sony State of Play, but related slightly to this announcement, Minecraft also announced a Godzilla DLC today or this week, and that will allow you to play as licensed monsters or play as the humans in the cities where the monsters are destroying. So other other little Godzilla DLC coming out to. Is there like a Godzilla movie coming out or something or like? I mean, they like, are hot why? on the heels of Godzilla minus one, which had got really good reception, and we are building up to the next Godzilla movie, Godzilla and Kong team up or whatever. But this is not a movie podcast, Cameron. Let's get into the next Sony State yeah, of Play. That's my bad. Sorry. <laughs> we don't talk about movies here. Rise of the Ronin got a gameplay trailer, diving mm, into its open it world exploration and combat, as well as how choices will work within the game's narrative. I was excited for this game, and now I am even more excited for this game. I already have it pre-ordered. It's coming out March 22nd. What did you, did you, you watch the trailer with the gameplay? I did. And you know what I'm most excited about? 
The fact they give you a fucking grappling hook that's not like a realistic grappling hook. Realistic grappling hooks fucking suck. Okay, you need like to be at certain. You need to be at like certain points in order for it to actually work. This thing, you just like it's like a bat claw. You know, you just fucking like zip line to random spots. You launch yourself to towards like little grappling points, and it's fucking awesome. And then you get to turn into a bird thing, like you like a bird parachute thing. Ah. He has like a he has like an Avatar: The Last Airbender. Sorry for the non gaming reference. Uh, glider thing that he. Uh, this is a gaming podcast, a yeah, mostly Genshin Impact podcast, Kelton. <laughs> but how about you sh- sh- fucking tighten it up, buddy? That uh, I'm tightening it up over here. That little clip of the character kind of zip lining up in the air off the top of a building in what looks like a big, beautiful feudal J- Japanese city, and then getting on his glider and gliding down to the little Dude. streets below and landing on a horse? My God. Like, this looks great. This is exactly how I wanted Ghost of Tsushima's movement in, like, Grappling Hook to work, but it turned out in that game to be really fucking clunky and slow. But hopefully I get uh, my little fix in The Last Ronin, because... Oh my god, does the sword play look sick? And oh my god, can you move like a goddamn slick fiend in this? My one little, uh, I wouldn't say it's a gripe, but one my the thing that got my one of my eyebrows to raise up mm-hmm. was that I thought this was going to be like set in a really realistic, grounded setting, almost like Ghost of Tsushima. But then mm-hmm. at one point in this little gameplay trailer, he seems to be okay. fighting this fucking lanky tall being that's like double his size and i was sitting there trying to discern is the main character just a short man and this is like a really large man or is this some type of supernatural creepy large fucking monster man it definitely looks like some kind of creature you know like i'm pretty sure i had like green skin and shit so (laughs) i so you might not be as realistic I like a little fantasy, you know, um, especially sprinkled in a fun little, uh, I think the, the time period is really cool. Like where it's like a point of Japan where they first opened the ports to like outside world. So there's like a whole bunch of like kind of modern day, not modern day trade, but it's not like the classic feudal Japan that you're used to seeing all the time. Yeah, at so one I point he has a, a flamethrower. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a fun, uh, super cool concept to have a game in, especially if it's like a little fantasy twist on that time period. I agree. I am excited for this game. I am eagerly awaiting this game, March. I am looking forward to it. March 22nd again. Uh, next up, I want to talk about Stellar Blade. So Stellar Blade was originally announced 2019 as Project Eve before being renamed. Uh, this got a it's a big overview trailer kind of going into the setting, the character, and the little rundown of what's going on. Uh, this game is coming out April 26th. And uh, yeah, I don't know about this game looks cool. Like it looks promising. Definitely a game I'm going to wait for reviews for. But Sony seems to be pushing it pretty hard. The graphics look good. It uh, looks like, you know, maybe we have another little hidden gem on the way. Uh, but, it, you this know, game, it could fizzle out. I'm not sure. This game looks exactly like near Automata. That's exactly what, yeah. That was on the tip of my tongue. You're a hot lady uh, with a sword who's kicking ass, and you got a little drone that follows you around and shoots stuff, and it looks like the combat's really solid, and you can do little little quests for people. Um, and there's there's boob jiggle physics. So, uh, yeah, that's near Automata right there. I was reading that Stellar Blade 
the main character model, the female, they were uh, they got some criticism saying that uh, no female's body could realistically look like that. So then Stellar Blade got their receipts out and <laughs> provided uh, footage of the mocap with the actress slash model that they used. Oh damn! Uh, to try to say Good that they for weren't Stellar Blade, I guess <laughs> they weren't pushing the envelope. So yeah, I don't think there's a lot. There is definitely not a lot of girls that I've seen that look like that. She's got some pretty wild uh, measurements, you know. <laughs> that is a that's a fit that's a fit bid right there. Um, Stellar Blade, guys. Stellar Blade. I you, think Project you know you want to look is it up way, now. is a way cooler name than Stellar Blade. Basically, just called it Cool Sword. Not a very catchy name. I think Project <laughs> Eve is way better. But uh, hey, that's just me. Cool sword. April 26th, Also, guys. really quick, why why do any games have boob jiggle physics? It seems really unnecessary for any game to have that. Just saying. That's just my take. A lot of people probably upset at that take out there. Yeah, I sorry if that's a hot take. I just what about all those swimsuits. I'm more of a games. more of a gameplay guy, you know? <laughs> more of a gameplay guy. That's our Cameron. Yep. Sorry, I'm a, I'm a real gamer. I don't have time for boobs. I'm too busy on platforming and soaring through the skies on my sweet glider. And anyone else that was too busy probably did not have time to watch the 10-minute-long Death Stranding 2 trailer. This Jesus trailer Christ, dude. was bonkers. I it, was dip-ducking, diving, dodging fucking spoilers in this trailer. <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> is. whatever uh, I can to not even, get spoiled. Even as a, someone who's, you know, 100% of the first game, this trailer is still just like, what the fuck is happening? Uh, it looks absolutely bonkers. Kojima is a master of just coming up with cool con- conceptual ideas that don't always have an answer. They just <laughs> like look cool sometimes. Like the little cool puppet sometimes. man who's just alive? Yeah, exactly. And like, why is there a ship coming out of a baby's mouth inside someone's throat? Yeah, and there's a ship that comes out of the baby, and then he's on the ship and then Troy Baker has a guitar sword that he fights with that was actually really cool but I was still like what is happening here um yeah Death Stranding 2 guys I'm excited I I am confident that it'll be a good game uh but yeah just another weird 10 minute long (laughs) story trailer that didn't make a lot of sense yep hype is building but the next trailer I wanted to talk about Judas this is from the creator of Bioshock uh for those who don't know. Uh, after Bioshock Infinite, the creator, founder, I believe his name's Ken Levine, he uh, closed the studio, took a small elite team with him to create a small studio because he wanted to focus on smaller games. And this is a result of that. And it's getting a little bit of criticism because of that fact that this just looks like Bioshock. And it's like, why did he need to take this little small team with him? <laughs> But uh, it looks exactly like Bioshock. But I'm not worried. I'm not like complaining. I love Bioshock. So. For like the last ten years, I guess they've been making another Bioshock. Uh, this, yeah. But like you said, looks just like Bioshock. You play as it looks like you play as a female, and I'm excited. You know, I loved Bioshock games. I like all three of them, and I was sad that they that they stopped at at Infinite. So I will uh, take more Judas. If you uh if you play as a girl, maybe you have some jiggle physics in this. Maybe that's why he needed the elite team to really hone that those physics. That's what they've been working on for ten years. Yeah, they're cr- they're just flying everywhere, man. You look down and they're just one's going one direction, the other one's zipping off screen. 
It's wild. <laughs> What's your favorite Bioshock game? Oh, um, probably, I think I only beat Infinite. So probably Infinite. I really liked Infinite a lot. I'm I'm right there with you. I like Infinite a lot. and But the first one is good. And I am I never finished the, the second title. Yeah. I do think I like Rapture as an environment the best, though. Uh, I just think, like, the underwater, like, just looking outside and there's just, like, fucking giant squids floating by you is really cool. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm super stoked to play another... Uh, one arm, one magic arm, one shotgun arm in a cool environment game. Super stoked for it. Super stoked, guys. Judas, we know it's being developed for PlayStation. We have no idea on the release date, but, you know, this is our first look at it. Looks cool. Look it up. Yeah. This uh, is definitely my uh, my most anticipated game for all these games. It's the one I'm most hyped for. Nice. I, I'm, I, mine is probably either Rise of the Ronin or Death Stranding 2. But I figured. Judas is awesome. Next up, I want to touch on Until Dawn is being remastered for PS5 and PC. Super stoked about that, by the way. Yeah. I'm Until like Dawn is great. Ridiculously excited about that. Did you play Quarry? Quarry? No, I haven't played. I've only the only uh, Dark Pictures anthology. Is that what it's called? So Supermassive Games is a developer. They did two big ones, Until Dawn and Quarry. The Quarry, I think it's called. And then they did all those little episodic Dark Pictures anthology games that are very much shorter. Those are like little offshoots. Um, I only played uh, Until Dawn, unfortunately. But like I've, it's it's one of those things that are like, I'm just waiting for the right group of friends to fucking play that with because it seems like a really good time. Quarry, I played it with my partner and you. we did the co-op mode where you can just, it automatically just splits the characters between you and you just hand the controller off. I and love that. I love I that. really, really enjoyed Quarry. I think I actually like it more than Until Dawn. Uh, really? It had a really cool twist and turns. It is the other big, huge one that's more like a film, kind of like mm. Until Dawn, where the other ones feel more like television shows. Right. Um. And yeah, super massive games. I'm excited. I hope that Until Dawn Remastered has more of those co-op features that the Quarry had. And that is while by far. Oh, sorry. No, you go ahead. You go ahead. That that is by far my favorite part about that whole series is how creative they got with the gameplay, specifically with playing with like a group of people. I think some of them. I I don't. I I haven't played a, a lot a lot of the games super in depth, but I've seen like videos and stuff. But you can like vote on certain things if you're like playing uh, with like a group of people, as well as um like you said, they have like the pass the controller off. Uh, and I I've never seen that with any other game that was just like a single player horror game. I thought that was a really fun idea. Yeah, I agree. It makes it almost feel like a, like a scary movie night or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a more interactive horror uh, movie, which sounds like a good time, but they, this isn't a fucking movie podcast. What else do we got? What's next to the docket? Well, before we move on, uh, I got some more news just related to Supermassive Games. The co-founders, they're actually brothers, Pete and Joe Samuels have announced that they are leaving the studio. They founded the studio over 15 years ago, and like we just touched on, 2015, they saw their first major success with Until Dawn, so they are stepping out to go do something else. Avalanche Studios chairman Robert Henryson is taking over as a new CEO following their departure. Is it me, or does it seem like a lot of heads of big studios and video game groups are being changed and swapped out? Uh, I think it's just very... I don't even know the right word, but it's a, it's a crazy time in the gaming industry. Between our last week's episode and this week's episode, 
1,100 more people have been laid off across a lot of different studios. Fucking A, dude. What the hell? January. Yeah. Chill out. Yeah, I think the total right now for uh, layoffs in the video game industry is at 6,100. Just for January. God, that's so sad. Well, those those poor employees, I hope they find more work in uh, the fields that they want. So, I best agree. of luck, everyone. Um, back to the Sony state of play. We got a new game. I don't know how to pronounce this, but I think it's called Fizent. Uh, this is coming from Kojima Productions and PlayStation Studios. It's a new action espionage game. So Kojima hasn't really messed with action espionage in a while. And he said they will begin work on this game in earnest once Death Stranding 2 is released. But he believes this will be the culmination of his work in the games industry. And it will actually come out around the time of his 40th anniversary since his first game release. Which will be in two years. So, Fizent. Sounds cool, you know? Yeah. It sounds like Kojima's in his bag. He uh, He's one of the rare breeds where he just does the most fucking wonky, weird shit known to man, and somehow he's convinced a bunch of people to give him lots of money to do so. Usually, when people kick around the kind of ideas that are rolling around in Kojima's head, um, they immediately get sidelined and do not get funded whatsoever. So it's really cool to see someone just like being fully endorsed by these big companies to just do the wackiest shit possible. I agree. And like, it's kind of crazy. We have OD coming death training two, And now another project coming. It seems like uh, we've got Kojima is on the ball right now. He's cooking. He's cooking mm-hmm. in the lab right now. Cooking a lot. Also, he was saying that this is uh, that Fizen is going to be like, the closest blend between uh, movies and video games as of yet. So uh, I'm really, I think if anyone could pull that off, it's the guy who puts up to two and a half hours of cutscenes in his games. So yeah, I think that'd be sick. I, yeah, I agree. And all the celebrities, like there's a lot of points where Death Stranding definitely felt very, very inspired by film. And then at the end of this little like teaser thing, it zooms out and it seems like they're they look to be inside like a Hollywood movie studio or something along those lines. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was cool. Kojima loves movies, but this is not a fucking movie podcast. Cam. This isn't a fucking movie podcast. It's a Genshin Impact podcast. So on to the next Genshin Impact related thing. Alongside this Sony State of Play. They dropped Silent Hill, the short message, some type of short Silent Hill free-to-play experience game. Cameron had the chance to dive into this. I don't know anything about it. So what, Cameron, what was this? What what happened? What was your experience like? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I, it's, I haven't played any Silent Hills. I've only seen Silent Hill gameplay. Um, it was very PT-esque where you're kind of going down these, uh, like, curated uh, hallways and, like, you, like, it's very trippy where you're kind of like in this kind of like dreamscape slash or more like a nightmare scape because there's a bunch of fucked up shit going on all around you. Um, and you're like piecing together uh, what's happening to the main character and her friends and whatnot. And like what uh, like what led to one of your the main character's friends like killing themselves and stuff. Um, and it's very PT where like you will like the game will just fuck with you straight up. You'll go down a hallway, you'll open the door and you'll see like the same hallways there. And you just kind of keep doing that. Uh, as well as like 
the the audio will fuck with you like you'll be in like a room uh with like a baby and you see like the head fall off and you look back and the head's still there um so it, it's it's cool that they're doing uh some kind of like psychological horror nods uh in in Silent Hill which is kind of their whole thing um but yeah uh it, it's a it's a nice little spooky little play I, I would recommend it it's very a uh, trigger warning though it's very uh, it touches on very heavy subjects, uh, self-harm and depression issues and suicide and anything like that. So if you guys uh, have issues with that, I highly recommend not playing it um, because it touches on those subjects in pretty intense detail. Um, but yeah, a lot, a lot of abuse, uh, a lot of fucked up psychological stuff. So your classic Silent Hill fun. Wow. Yeah, you get chased by a scary, spooky little monster in a hallway i feel like i don't know if i want to play this game it, yeah i mean it's definitely it's pretty in, like it's pretty heavy <laughs> with like the subject matter so definitely be careful um <laughs> i i had a decent little time uh it was spooky and it was a little troubling uh but yeah uh i had a i had like a seven out of ten time i wouldn't exactly <laughs> play it again but you know it, it's cool that um they did my favorite thing in the world that uh these directs do where um they announce a game or they like show a trailer for it and they're just like yep now you can go fucking play it so good on them for I that i agree i love that, that is awesome um on the topic of silent hill we got a Silent Hill 2 remake a gameplay trailer, and things are looking gloomy because uh, this didn't look very good. The <laughs> fucking gameplay, I thought, in this trailer looked pretty rough, and it actually made me appreciate Capcom and how incredible of a job they've done with the Resident Evil remakes mm. because this combat looked like maybe last gen a little bit. It looked kind of slow and sluggish. It did look. I thought that was just like the silent. I've never played Silent Hill, like I said, or like the main entries. Um, isn't that kind of just like the combat though? Like, isn't it pretty like slow? Uh, yeah, and I mean that that comes down to like, did we want the old slow combat, or did we want more of like a Resident Evil two, three, four remake style kind of Where updating you it, revamp it a little bit? Yeah, make it feel a little bit more modern. Um, yeah, yeah. I wasn't super and, impressed yeah. by it, but I am really excited to just have a fresh new uh, coat of paint on a classic uh, because I don't sure. think I could personally go back and play Silent Hill 2 just like on the fucking PS2 right now. Um, <laughs> I think it's like PS1. So, is it, It's PS1? Well, even more so. I need analog sticks, brother. I, I'm not going back to no analog sticks. Um <laughs> So yeah, I'm I'm I'll definitely play this, uh, even if it is a little clunky, just so I can get my greasy little mitts on some more Silent Hill. Um, but yeah, I you're right. Like I was not crazy impressed with both the graphical fidelity as well as the combat, but the world looks really cool and creepy. The vibes like, are great. Yes, that's the biggest thing for me. Spooky. Yeah. I love a spooky game. I love shooting demon nuns right in their face. <laughs> Last Especially thing I want to talk hot, about. Sexy little <laughs> demon nuns. 
Get away from me, you sexy nun. Or, oh, no, not nun. Nurses. They're nurses. Sorry, they're not nuns. They're nurses. My apologies. I'll, I'll forgive you for nurses. that one. Uh, la- last thing I want to talk about, Sony State of Play, Dragon's Dogma 2 got a new gameplay trailer. Hype is building for this. This is actually coming out the same day as Rise of the Ronin, March 22nd. And uh, this is looking great. This game, the combat in this game, has got me on the edge of my seat and frothing at the mouth for this game. I... I think combat in fantasy games is woefully done or un, un, done poorly, I guess. Um, the only like f- fantasy combat that I loved in video games so far is like from softwares, Elden Ring, Dark Souls, what have you. This looks like such a fun pairing of like all the things like every single like sword play fucking uh archery and magic everything that i'm seeing on screen each of them looks so fun to do and i want to do all of them it's not like oh like that she looks dumb that she looks dumb obviously i'm just gonna go with the sword i love this everything that i'm seeing here fighting huge monsters climbing around on them shooting giant missiles you see a fucking a classic dude in a robe and a wizard hat just pull out a fucking claymore. <laughs> I was gonna say, it looked like fucking Gandalf the Grey fucking spawns a mountain of ice, runs up it, jumps off, and fucking pulls a sword out of his ass and hits a monster. Dude, it's crazy. Dude, that's why. That's sick. that's my shit right there. That's what I want to do. So yeah, guys, Dragon's Dogma, Dragon's Dogma Two. Check out the trailer. Look at the gameplay. It'll get you hyped. March twenty second, it's coming fantasy rpg that's gonna wrap it up for my stuff i want to talk about coming out of the sony state of play i did have a few other things here to talk about busy day Um, pack it in before we get out of here uh sony filed a patent for a system that will enable it to measure and monitor players pulses while games while playing games technology will measure and record the heart your your heartbeat uh, to determine the mental state of a player and it's worth noting that Sony has previously filed a patent for a controller capable of tracking per- perspiration and heart rate changes, but we have never seen that tech actually put into use, so that could happen with this patent as well. But yeah, interesting little thing. Well, the patent had, like, pads on your forehead and cheeks, and then another Jesus. one that just looks at your face. That's um, intense. Yeah. I want to I wanna see a new rhythm game where you try to match your heartbeat to the rhythm. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just shows you a bunch of stressful images or like someone's like you're hiding from someone and it's tracking your heartbeat and you have to try to slow your own heart rate down yeah you have to like calm down damn that'd be wild <laughs> uh, Persona 3 Reload came out or it actually comes out the same day as this episode it's currently sitting at 89 on Metacritic and Kelton has already beaten it Critic- critics are praising its 80 hour long story and the way the developer, Atlas, updated the mechanics to make the game feel closer to Persona 5 while retaining the game's charm and story. From the reviews, it seems the remake is basically the same as the first version of the game, but with updated mechanics and a wide array of small changes that improve the overall experience. So this was really exciting for me because Persona 3, I've heard referred to by a lot of diehard Persona fans as the best Persona of the bunch, and now Persona 3 Reload is the definitive way to play persona 3 so what better time to hop in i think i'm gonna buy this game i just don't know if i want to add an 80 hour long game to my pile here but maybe i should just buy the bullet and do it or i guess shoot the bullet into my head as they do in persona 3 reload i have always been super intrigued 
buy the Persona games. One day, I will lock myself in a dark room and play all of Persona. Um, Persona 5 is fantastic. Yes. I will start with Persona 5. Um, or maybe now that Persona 3 has dropped, maybe we'll start with Persona 3. Who knows? Yeah, but I will not be committing options. to any of these things. <laughs> uh, last thing I wanted to touch on before we get out of here. Uh, Dead by Daylight's chief of staff has thrown shade at Pal World. Uh, oh, on LinkedIn, hot gamer tea. Yeah, we're gonna hop into this hot gamer tea before we get here. So here, I'm gonna read to you guys, Nathan S, the, the Dead by Daylight chief of staff. Let's go, let's go down his little critique here. All right, mm. ready? Yeah. Pal World crossing two million CCU moved it past CS:GO to trail only PUBG in Steam's all-time concurrency rankings. However. It's already the clear record for how quickly I became sick of talking about a game. <laughs> Starting off with a, with just a s- wicked diss. Vile roast. Here we go. I don't think Pal World is very good. It's insanely buggy. The game's most dangerous enemies are the random holes in the map. Combat is boring and repetitive. The balancing is awful. This really becomes apparent in the mid and end game when catch rates seem to decrease and your own weapons damage dramatically at scale what your pals are capable of. The large open world is... dot dot dot... empty. Littered with points of interest that aren't home to anything interesting. But the combination of two strong loops is powerful stuff. Monster tamings, just one more catch, and craftings, just one more build, result in an addictive amount of just one more. And since I'm weak, I'll admit I have played great many hours and beaten all the towers. However, I won't be chasing all the legendaries, and I'll do my best to resist the new content when it arrives. Power World is early access. The windfall its sales have generated should allow it to deliver on its roadmap, and I'm sure both the balancing and bugs will be addressed. Yet it's missing something I don't think any amount of money can fix. There's no warmth here. At the risk of of being saturine, what makes Pokemon special is the bond you form with your adorable ball dwellers, and this bond is a source of something approaching ludo-narrative harmony. The strongest trainers are those who have the greatest connection with their Pokemon. The fundamental tenet of the franchise is that there's power and empathy. Nothing hammers this idea home better than the first episode of the animated series. When Ash is willing to sacrifice himself for to save Pikachu, as Cass Marshall wrote in a great piece for Polygon, the problem is that I don't particularly care about any of my pals. I caught hundreds of pals, and I won't remember a single one. These critters are just disposable resources and labor, and aesthetics aside, they remind me more of the slaves in Conan Exiles than any Pokemon. I'm hardly the first to make this point, but the greatest takeaway from Pal World is the missed opportunity for Game Freak, who have been taking a devoted player base for granted for far too long hopefully this serves as a wake-up call the bigger winner here beyond pocket pair the developers for prowl world whomever at microsoft that signed that game pass deal so yeah guys straight from nathan s what do we think of this take cameron i think it's valid um but at the same time i think Power World has this little clause into Nathan S because homie still <laughs> fucking beat the game. <laughs> like, he has played a great many hours. Man, it, it's for as as brutal of a diss that is. He uh, he did say quite a quite a lot of compliments to to Power World, um, but I think I don't think that anything that he is saying is out of pocket or like 
uh, is unjust. Uh, Power clearly has some chinks in the armor, you know, definitely has some holes. Um, and honestly, I agree with him that like, I hope this is uh, a wake up call for Game Freak. And hopefully Power World is a stepping stone that leads to just a way better Pokemon game. Uh, hopefully a vastly different Pokemon game. Because if Power World just had fucking Pokemon in it, oh my god. Oh my fucking god. I would lose my mind. I would go crazy <laughs> just for like a, like a mod where there's Pokemon instead of Pals. That's People how much I have want been that like- game daydreaming about a breath of the wild pokemon style game for so long and yeah that honest that is the part of this um i guess argument he's making here that i most agree with is that this is a missed opportunity for game freak and i do also hope that game freak looks at this and goes okay maybe we should break out of our formula because look how successful this game is yeah absolutely and it just seems like a no-brainer too man like there is clearly such a huge demand for this that people are willing to play Kroger brand Pokemon survival <laughs> game, you know, in order to just get a little taste. Agreed. So Nathan S hot take, but not out of pocket. That is our consensus here at press. Yes. Y. Um, and yeah, that's going to wrap up episode 30 guys. Huge. Thank you for being with us for 30 episodes here um and yeah i hope you learned something new this episode i hope we made you laugh and we'll be back next friday i hope we made you cry (laughs) hope cameron made you cry Mm -hmm. that's what i go for with with all these episodes um i know that i laughed and i cried and i fell in love just a little bit with genshin impact goodbye guys